BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. My ultimate goal is to be learning and to be getting new oxygen whenever I will go. And these organizations will provide you the opportunity for that. And also to, to know new people, discuss new ideas and, and build relationships. Why did I become an executive coach? I saw lots of great people fail to get ahead at work while their much less talented peers blew right past them. That made me furious, but also curious. What were great people getting wrong? It came down to helping them re-examine what drove success and then helping them make critical shifts one hard truth at a time. Feel like you're doing everything you were told, but you're not moving ahead at work nor having the impact you seek? Then welcome to 97% Effective with Michael Winderoth, where we skip feel-good, happy talk and engage experts in pointed conversations about what it really takes to move the needle at work and your career. So if you feel stalled or frustrated or seek that extra edge as you move to the next level, then look no further. This is the Hard Truths Playbook you never got. Hi, I'm Michael Wenderoth, and you're listening to 97% Effective. A career in tech can be extremely rewarding, but behind the flash, it can also be brutal. Fast moving and disruptive means long hours, uncertainty, and the pace and challenges get compounded when you're working internationally in emerging markets. Indeed, rolling up your sleeves and wearing many hats can be fulfilling and is often required, but it can often lead to your company as it grows looking outside to bring in seasoned, specialized leadership above you as it scales and grows. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to you. How do you navigate these complex dynamics to get things done, yet rise and accelerate and still have a life? Today, I'm very excited and honored to be joined by Mayra Grassini, who's based in Brazil. We're gonna discuss lessons from managing her own career in tech in Latin America, and from mentoring other C-suite leaders. Mayra is General Manager Latin America at Atlas, a global technology platform that enables critical HR people ops without the need of a local entity. Being named General Manager at Atlas caps a long series of progressive roles she has held at global and local tech pioneers, including Atos, Salesforce, Zendesk. 
She also advises startups, angel invests, and amid her many awards, was named Mentor of the Year for her work with C-level executives at Endeavor, the leading global community for high-impact entrepreneurs. Maira, I'm so glad we could get on your busy travel schedule, crisscrossing Latin America and up to Chicago. Welcome to 97% Effective. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invitation. And I keep you as one of my best advisors at Stanford. So I really appreciate the opportunity of having this conversation with you today. <laughs> yes, it was an immense pleasure to meet you and get to know you at Stanford. You grew up in Brazil, a humble upbringing, and have held dozens of roles, as I mentioned, over the past 20 years in the tech industry in Latin America. First of all, I, I do want to say again, huge congrats on being general manager, Latin America at Atlas. And I want to start with this phrase as we caught up several weeks ago. The phrase that you mentioned was always getting out of your comfort zone. You talked about that as being very central to rising and managing transitions in the tech industry. So maybe we just start here is why is that so central and important and an example of what you mean by that? Yeah, that, that's a great topic to start. So I think that the, the front and center of this topic for me is actually because as growing up in, in a humble environment, in a simple environment, like my parents are teachers from public schools in a small city of Sao Paulo State. So I actually never got as a child a comfort zone right? I was always needing to, to be acting and creating opportunities for myself and looking ahead also as well, like how can I support my family, my parents, and so forth. So I think this was my roots. I have never had like a, a really comfortable life, let's say, from the beginning. But in, in the end of the day, we are, as humans, it's easy for us to get in our comfort zones all the time, right? So what I do and what I did uh, was to be conscious about that and aware that whenever I was getting to a comfort zone, uh, okay, oh, this is my, my me like getting warm in this place, uh, I should go away. So first of all, I think it's my roots. Some examples, when I, uh, I was in my small, tiny city, I, I always knew that I wanted to work in tech, in marketing or sales. And I needed to go away from my city, like to do a college, start working from the first semester, let's say, uh, to pay my bills and to start my, my life. I think it was the first example that I thought, well, this is the, the life that I want. I will go and get it. And another example is I'm an introvert. Hmm. And I knew that... Wanting to be in sales or marketing and wanting to be a leader, I needed to exercise it or to make it more natural to expose myself and to connect with people closely. I say now that I am 
a well-exercised uh, introvert, right? I love to connect with people and I found a way to do that naturally. Another example for me was that during most of my career, I was only leading marketing in tech companies, but I was never like like a, a squared professional, like a cookie, a cookie cutter. Uh, I was always trying to impact further. Like, how can I support another area? Like, how can I support other people? I was always curious and dedicated to make it work and to, to, to put myself in a learning mode. So I think these are points that are key for me when I think about comfort zone. It sounds like going out of your comfort zone came from very early, almost necessity, right? From being in a small town to wanting to launch that career in technology. A lot of ambition, curiosity. It sounds like it's very internal. You just decided you needed, when it was getting comfortable, to disrupt it. Sounds very tech. But was it internal or was there anything external that was also pushing you out of your comfort zone or pulling you out of your comfort zone? Yes. During my career, I had great partners and great mentors as well. There is one five years after I went out of college and I was not in the tech uh, scenario, but I wanted to be one of my best leaders. He said, yeah, come here. It was at Siemens IT at a time that then was acquired by Atos. I spent four years in the company. He's a great colleague until today. So yes, I had several advisors or mentors, women and men that supported me. Mayra, the thing that jumps off when you see your, your resume, I'll be very blunt about it, is that a lot of your career growth has come from switching and moving to new opportunities at new companies versus, say, staying in one company and moving up. If we could talk about that dynamic, because, you know, in this day and age of let's retain the top talent, it, it seems some ways kind of sad that we need to change companies. And there is research around this that that is often the way people advance. Is that a hard truth about the best way to grow or what you've experienced or even seen? Yeah, this is a big topic for everyone that is trying to grow in their careers. I think it, it, part of my journey, yes. I think it's a way, one of the ways to grow and move up. Yes, it's switching, but maybe it's not clear on my, my LinkedIn, but during the four years that I spent in Atos, for example, I went there as an analyst and then I grew there promoting every year until a manager, head of marketing for the region. Same thing at Salesforce, entered there as a manager, individual contributor, helping Salesforce when they were launching in Brazil. I spent two wonderful years there with a lot of learning on this new world of SaaS and hyper growth. Was promoted during the time there and led a team and so forth. Same thing at Zendesk. I started as a director of marketing and was promoted during my time twice there. But yes, when I switched it, I always had like bigger responsibilities. But I think that 
I'm always trying to impact more and do more. When I feel that I could do more uh, and use more of my potential, I will just make it clear to the organization uh, or look for what I want to learn or do next. Hmm. One of the things that really struck me that you just said, you said you're always trying to grow and looking where you can make more impact. And you said this phrase that you, you made it clear to, to people that you were interested in that, whether that's presumably bosses or above. Could you be more specific about that? Because there's a lot of people who expect their great work to be seen. There's also those who kind of demand, what is the way to make it clear to people that, that you're ambitious or that you want to do things? How did you do that? Yeah, I think the first thing is to have a great, a great partnership in a great uh, trust building with your boss mm -hmm. and really having discussions on career progression, uh, but in demonstrating first. So when I, when I said, when I made it clear was like first, like delivering good results, delivering progress, having like peers or other areas recognizing the job of my team and like growing my team, like developing the people that were uh, within my, my area of leadership. That's the first thing. I don't believe that in progression without building good relationships, close relationships, being aware of your strengths and, and, and points of improvement as well and demonstrating, right, your potential through numbers, through data, through results. You are a marketer, but there's a lot of communicating what you are doing with your boss and, and making that, that clear. And I like the word, yeah. you said partnership. You've, you've used that word a lot. Yeah, and that last point, Michael, I think it's the, the one of the, the biggest uh, challenges that a mid-level manager uh, usually have. They would do a great job, but they are not articulating or influencing or showing their, their team's success enough for them to be seen as a strong leader within the company. So this last piece, um, maybe it's the, the most challenging because when we are on our day-to-day, -day, usually we don't think about like, how can I communicate what I'm doing? How can I show my team's efforts and achievements in a good way, yeah. right? It's a challenge that when people come to me seeking advice or like mentorship, I say, go there and show what, you, what you're doing. I, I say to my teams all the time, like, hey, you need to be communicating what your teams are accomplishing. On that point, because that's helped you as, as you've risen in your career, and now you're on the other side of it, right? You are senior management, you mentor other people. For those who are out there listening who are middle and rising, when you say, communicate it. Is there a, an effective specific technique or something from Myra's playbook of good ways to do that? The first thing is that our companies usually have a lot of 
internal channels, right? And there, there are a lot of ways for us to participate and demonstrate progress or, or achievements or giving good news, right? So this is one of the one of the things that I usually advise my teams and even my direct reports to do. Yeah. Like, hey, this will be beneficial for other people to know that is going on. Go there and do it. The other thing is to be asking for more. Can I have stretch assignment? Can I take a new project? Or I saw this problem, I went there and fixed it. Can you take a look? Or what do you think about that? Right? Or I have a new idea. I'm I'm having I know that we're having this issue. Let me go there and fix. A lot of times I've done that. And this is a good way, like solving problems is a good way for 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 you to show your your potential. And and another thing that I I love when I see some of my people on my my network starting doing is have an opinion. Uh, Every leader has an opinion. Like what are one of the traits of a good leader is to be to share their their vision, uh, like their opinion. Go there and and share it. We have LinkedIn, you have your network, go there and share your vision vision about one topic or how you solved uh, a problem. And I love when people start doing that and I go there and say, yes, I, I like what you're doing. In the end of the day, it's important as a service. When I started realizing that for myself, I was, mm, I will be overselling me or my job or my team. But then I thought, no, I'll be sharing information. It will be beneficial to other people. It will be a service and it's genuine, right? So when you start thinking about that and connecting that to your values, it won't sound arrogant or like bragging mm-hmm. or overselling. So these are some of the, the examples and, and tips that I, I do it for myself. And I often advise people to do that. And I like that. Your sharing is in service to others or others in the organization may not know the things that you know or your opinions or observations about certain things. You've been listening to 97% Effective with your host, executive coach, Michael Winderoth. If this interview is making you think, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, back to our interview. There's this huge theme of being proactive. Uh, love what you said about maximizing use of internal channels, asking for more, and having a point of view. This brings up another topic that you and I have discussed that you had mentioned throughout your career, you had made a mental shift in how you saw yourself and also in how you talked about yourself. Can you share more about that? Because it feels like there's some important pieces there, particularly for people out there listening as they're moving up in their career. Yeah, yeah. That was a a big awakening that I had for me personally and and professionally. And I like to to talk about that because it was painful. And now that I I overcame it, I'd love to share it so it will benefit other people. So... I had a career until one point that was super linear, uh, like step-by-step growing, very successful until I failed the the first time. I I left Zendesk 
And at that time, I was already inserted in the ecosystem of startups in Brazil and Latin America. I was at Endeavor at that time, and I, and I thought, well, I supported a lot of multinational companies to come to Latin America and scale and grow. But now I would like to, to be in a Brazilian startup. I went uh, to eBanks, which is a fintech from Brazil, to lead their global marketing team. The company was in the midst of an IPO and then things changed and then they needed to review the operations entirely and all the strategies. It wouldn't make sense for me to be there anymore. So I left the company and it was my first failure and my setback, let's say. And that never happened to me. Like nothing in my life went wrong. This is what, what I thought at the time. Wow. But then I, I learned that actually, like, it's part of the, the game. It's part of the career. That doesn't define me. And once I had a conversation with Mariano Gomidi, which is the founder and CEO of Vitex, which is a Brazilian company, we were chatting and he asked me, how many times you, you failed? And he said, you need to have failures. You need to be failing or doing errors, like making things not working in your career so you can progress. And at that time, I realized, hmm, okay, that happened. That changed how I view myself and how I, how I viewed um, setbacks. Okay, it was just a setback. And then I could use it to propel myself to the next challenges. So it was a big learning. Does that come up in subsequent interviews or, or when you're being recruited? And how, how do you talk about it? Yeah, I talk like naturally, mm. right? That didn't work. When I was interviewing for the job in, in Atlas with, the, with Rick Hamill, which is the, the founder and CEO, like I said, well, that happened. Like maybe I, I wasn't for the company at that time and the company wasn't for me at that time. And if it happens again, like, I know that it, it won't end my career. I say like, I'm in Atlas right now, but things can change, right? And in this startup tech scenario, like everything can change. But anyhow, like I still know my value. I still know who I am, my potential, and I and I know I can be progressing. Yeah. You, you've also talked a lot about, and and you refer to this as a, a skill that that more women need in the workplace. Referring to getting out of your own way. What do you mean by that? And how did you get out of your own way? Yeah, yeah. So thinking about women and men in the workplace in in the society, right? I, we have evidence that like women are still behind in many ways in salary, in leadership positions and so forth, right? So some time ago, I realized that first, we need to sit at the, t at the table, let's say. We need to be constantly um, showing up. We need to be having allies, men and women, in our career. We should be speaking for others to be helping each other to advance. It sounds like 
you have had a lot of allies, mentors yourself. How did you build those? What was the key to, because it sounds like those people also helped push you forward and get out of your own way. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that was very strong for me was when I when I read a book from Sheryl Sandberg, there is a chapter that calls, Are You My Mentor? Hmm. I took that for life and I think about it all the time. She says that you don't need, you don't want like, or you, you shouldn't go and seek and ask someone to be your mentor or your ally or your advice advisor, you need to build a relationship. And when I say that I have have some mentors and allies in my careers, my career is that like I build confidence and strong relationships with some people that I truly care about, uh, that we have an exchange. Mm-hmm. I have something to give. I have uh, I, I can support and the person can support as well. So I think maybe the first thing for people like seeking for mentors and coaches is for you to build a relationship mm-hmm. with, the, with the people, with the person that you want someday to to for it, for he or she to become your mentor and also to be giving uh to be giving and sharing and supporting before you you get any like insight or any any benefit from from these relationships do you just reach out to them you know let's grab a cup of coffee it sounds like there may be multiple ways you've done this on a practical level what is building a relationship look like that first or second time you reach out to someone? Well, uh, I think in my case, that happened within the organizations I was in. I leveraged some of my organizations or hubs mm-hmm. to know people and to contribute with people. Yeah. Let, let's talk about those organizations or hubs. Like you said, this is a great way of, of, of building some of those relationships. Because I wanted to ask you, clearly in the last couple of years, your career has, has really taken off. And with that has come, or maybe kind of prior to it, significant awards, a lot of affiliations, your role at Endeavor, the work you did at Stanford. There's this strong evidence, too, that those types of things, awards and affiliations, help build the network, also create visibility. Can you talk about how that has benefited you or you see that benefiting other people? Yeah, affiliations or hubs or memberships are a great way for you to, well, well, first give back and to know people and to build relationships. For example, at Endeavor, I, I learned a lot, but I also donated my time for many, many C-levels from many startups and I mentored for months some of them, and we are like close friends today. So I think it's a way for you to know people and for you to learn. My ultimate goal is to be learning and to be getting new oxygen whenever I will go. And these organizations will provide you the opportunity for that. And also to to know new people, discuss new ideas and and build relationships. So I think it's a great way. Stanford, for example, it was a great moment of learning for me. It was a 
career inflection point, a lot of contacts there. We we frequently meet and I'm also applying a, a lot of the, the knowledge that I, I got from there. So yes, defi- definitely, I think that organizations, affiliations are, are good for our growth, but uh, also a, a great way for you to give back as well. It's a wonderful image of getting new oxygen. That seems to be what you need if you're moving out of your comfort zone or you're doing new things. And by the very definition of the sector you're in, getting new ideas and innovating. Beyond your own career, you have touched on the mentoring work that you have done with C-level leaders. As you advise Latin America leaders, what is some of the challenges they face? When I'm, I'm mentoring founders of Latin American startups, the first challenge that they bring to me is often operational, like sales, marketing, themes that I master and I, I can, I usually help them. But the second is how can I shape myself as a leader? Like how can I become a CEO or like how can I get the organization to function the way that I, that I envision for the company? It's interesting. On the topic related to Latin American leaders, being part of like a board or a leadership or C-level of like multinational organizations, I think it's a, a different challenge because we usually run the region, mm. right? So our, our excellence will be in Latin America. So often it's a matter of us trying to understand what is important for the company right at that time and how could we best leverage our our knowledge in that mentoring work too you you have touched on different themes that have come up with the women anything else you want to add to that yeah whenever i can i i engage with women whether to be supporting them to advance in their career whether to be connecting with my peer women leaders for us to discuss our challenges. It's important for women to build their network or like building a trust circle with like five to six or seven other uh, leaders for us to be strengthened ourselves uh, and progressing and supporting others as well. I think that the sorority community, like building within women, will be beneficial for all. I try to to donate my time and, and leverage my, my free time to connect with other women, understand how they are doing, like how what impact they are they are getting in their organizations. Yeah, you have donated a lot of your time, which was recognized as you were named Mentor of the Year. And I would love to see even more of your writing and thoughts on this regard, because more and more leaders are seeking it. Myra, anything important here as we come to the end of the interview? We've covered a lot of ground about your career and how you've advised others and some very practical tips that people can take away. Anything we didn't cover, I didn't ask that you'd like to address No, I don't think so, Michael. As I said, I appreciate you inviting me for me to be here, bluntly sharing my my thoughts. I just wanted to share one one last thing that I have for myself, that is the, the three cons mentality. Being consistent, 
being constantly learning and to be conscious as well. So using these three, I always try to get guided by these thoughts and sometimes I use it to, to guide others as well. So constant consistency and consciousness. The three cons, and that has clearly driven your career and has been a theme uh, in our conversation here. Mayra, how do people reach you, follow you, even get mentoring from you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So I'll be happy to be connecting with people that will be listening to your show. And thank you again for, for the invitation. I love the conversation. It's been wonderful. Again, Mayra Grassini, General Manager, Latin America at Atlas, Mentor at Endeavor. Thank you so much. Wonderful conversation amid your busy schedule traveling across Latin America and North America. Thanks, Mayra. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to 97% Effective, where we skip happy talk and help you break through and ascend one hard truth at a time. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, you can get free resources, including the first chapters of Michael's book, Get Promoted, on his website, www.changwinderoth.com. That's www.changwenderoth.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.